there are many methods of childbirth education that you may be investigating. Most women are familiar with some type of hypnosis-based class or Lamaze or Bradley or birthing from within. I'm Linda Goldsmith, the owner of Pregnancy Sanctuary, and today we're going to be discussing sacred pregnancy classes. You may not have heard of those. These classes bring back the age-old tradition of women sitting with one another during pregnancy and birth, getting empowered, witnessing each other's process, and being there for one another during an incredibly powerful rite of passage, becoming mothers. This is Preggy Pals, episode 102. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, bonus content, plus giveaways and special discounts. See our website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, and this is available both on the Android Marketplace and the iTunes Marketplace. Samantha, she's our brand new producer, yay, is now going to give us some more information about our virtual panelist program that you can participate in no matter where you are in the United States. Thanks, Annie. So if you don't live in San Diego, but you'd like to be a panelist on our show, you can still participate through our virtual panelist program. Just like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter using hashtag PreggyPalsVP. We'll post questions throughout the week prior to our taping, and we'd love for you to comment so we can incorporate your thoughts into our episode. You can also submit your questions directly to our experts. Learn more about our VP program through the community section on our website, www.preggypals.com. Great. Well, let's just get started with our panelist introductions. I'm Annie. I'm 35, uh, government contractor, labor doula occasionally, and podcast uh, host. And I do some production on the side and blog, and I do a lot of stuff. So don't have a due date for once. Got three uh, girls. They're all my babies. My school-age daughter and my toddler and my infant. I know. Is that what you call? Is it, Samantha, is that what you call a baby under the age of one? You infant? know, I still call her a baby. Yeah. Even though she's going to be 18 months, but I know she's a toddler. I just don't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> have another. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I got three kids. I don't have a due date uh, that that we know of. So. <laughs> so I'm Samantha. I'm 22. I'm a barista by morning and a producer by weekend. Um, I do not have a due date, even though I wish that I did. I have one little girl. Her name's Olivia. And she's going to be 18 months. And the pistol that she is. Um, she was an unexpected cesarean, and I'm hoping for a V-back next time around. Olivia, that's a really popular baby name. Did you, know, you expect that that was a popular No, you know what? I, had, I hadn't heard it a whole lot. Me and Kyle really liked it. We're like, all right, we'll go with it. Yeah. And then it seems like... Like three or four months after she was born, this list came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to go check the list. And it was number three. And I was like, <sighs> you're kidding me. You're kidding me. So I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that she's not going to be like one of four Olivia's in her elementary school classes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Ugh. So, yeah. <laughs> But you know, I know, you know what? I think parents, we're the only ones that really want a unique name for our child. I think right. our kids are really happy to fit in. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I'm just so. a little bit of a bummer for me, but yeah. she likes it. Yeah. Go for it. It's yeah. a beautiful name. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I like it too. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Preggy Pals, we're going to be going over and reviewing a news article. And we do this occasionally on Preggy Pals. We uh, review apps or we take a look at what's going on in the news. So uh, this one is somewhat recently here. Water births may not be safe for baby doctors warn. So this is the uh, new joint guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics, or the AAP, and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that's ACOG. Obviously very popular with uh, Business of Being Born. They showed it a lot. Yes. And a lot of celebrities. I know Giselle, she had a couple of water births. Right. You know, and um, so... Yeah, I mean, what what do you think about this, Samantha? I think it's really interesting. I was sharing this with some friends and family, and, you know, I find it really interesting that ACOG can come out with this statement that water births can be unsafe. I, I If I'm remembering correctly, it's because of the risk of infection is what they're concerned with. Oh, okay. But it's regular practice in hospitals when a woman's in labor and when a woman's giving birth to do vaginal checks every hour yeah. and to put fetal monitors Internally. Internally. And it's just, it's amazing. It's almost a little bit contradictory to me that they do these things without worrying so much, but water births are a concern. Mm -hmm. And I'm also wondering, there's a local hospital around that has tubs. So I'm wondering, because of this official statement, if those are going to be no more or how that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, another concern that they had is that, uh, yeah, they did uh, mention infections, but uh, there have been a few reported cases of babies drowning ever after aspirating. I mean, how did we all survive, you know, in, in, in a water, in an amniotic fluid environment for nine months? That seems kind of like... Right. I'm wondering if those cases are you know, babies that have come out have been able to inhale, take their first breath, and then, and go then back somehow down. were drowned, unfortunately, yeah. and put back under the water. I'm wondering if maybe that's the case. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I mean, every water birth that I've ever seen, and, uh, and Linda, our expert, she's a labor doula as well, so I know you've seen plenty of water births. And you yeah. did you have a water birth with your third? With my third, I did labor in the water, yeah. and the plan was to have a water birth, but I ended up having, it was a VBA 2C, mm-hmm. and so he was the first one coming through, and he had a nuchal hand, mm-hmm. and he had a knot in the card that he was holding, so there was a lot trying to come through on that first time passage. So after about an hour and a half, uh, buoyancy wasn't working so well, so we got out and used gravity. Yeah. So I didn't actually have the baby in the water, but I can speak to, I think, what the article is talking about, or the new guideline, which is a lot of times the baby comes out and is born, and a lot of times a mom will have water between the breasts. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where babies snuggle down. So that's where some of the danger can be. Yeah. So you got to really, you know, hold that baby up and... and get and, out of the water. Well, yeah. Or, or just take some of the water out. Yeah. You know, get rid of some of the water. And sometimes you can do that if there's a drain, but yeah. if there's not... and. It's not that easy. Yeah. But anyway, it's just, yeah, holding that baby up and being sure it's out of the the water and the cleavage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a a video once and the mom had the baby like swimming underneath and it made me so uncomfortable. 
um, of just watching this and seeing the baby underneath the water. And it, I think it was a Russian um, oh, hospital yes. or something like that. And it was like a clear-sided tub. And the baby was just swimming in there and, and just like wanted to reach into the television and pull the baby up <laughs> out of the water because it made me feel so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I'm just like, <gasps> it's almost a visceral reaction. Every, every other doula in the room was like, oh, that was so beautiful. And I'm like, that made me feel so uncomfortable. Like, I hate like how everybody loved this video and I was the only one that hated it just because it made me feel uncomfortable. Right, just, I think as yeah. humans, that's yeah. how we're designed. Yeah. Yeah, well, we breathe I, oxygen. Yeah. Right. Well, and I wonder if some of the, the some of the of these recommendations can may, maybe come from that. If maybe it's these groups are not comfortable with it because they just don't see it. I don't know. Right, could be. Yeah. You know, I, I guess it's kind of sad to me just because I think they're, I always want women to have options. You yeah. Know, and have have the birth that they want. And obviously, you know, be as safe as possible. But, you know, if there's, you know, if there's benefit for pain management or the, it's an easier birth in in the water, well, then why not be able to have the choice? Right. I hope this doesn't discourage women. Yeah. Yeah. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Today on Preggy Pals, we're continuing our series on childbirth education methods. Joining us today in our studio as our expert is Linda Goldsmith. She's a labor doula. She's the owner of Pregnancy Sanctuary. Linda, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, as you know, those of you that listen to Preggy Pals, we have different series. And so a lot of the series that we did uh, for different types of childbirth education was done early in the year last year. And so I was pitching this uh, to the owner of New Mommy Media. Uh, and so it was interesting because I'm like, hey, let's get Linda in here. She's local and she can talk about sacred pregnancy classes. And she's like, sacred what? Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's new. Exactly. And and so maybe just to, to start off, because maybe a lot of our listeners don't know what sacred pregnancy is. is. Yeah. So if you are in an elevator with someone, you have like 30 seconds to say, like, what's sacred pregnancy? I mean, what what do you say to them? Well, sacred pregnancy is more of a movement. Um, it's more of a overall life philosophy. But I would say the biggest uh, thing is it's sisterhood. It's sitting down with other pregnant women in a circle. So the husbands aren't at the class. They come to one out of the eight classes. It's oh, okay. women for women. Mm-hmm. It's women... Um, the age-old tradition of women circling with other women and mm-hmm. all the benefit knowledge we get from that. And to... Um, I don't know, encourage the faith in our own wisdom mm-hmm. and to acknowledge it. To me, that's that has a lot to do with empowerment. But we'll get more into that as we go. That's so neat that yeah. the, you know, just time to sit down with other ladies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think sometimes I know in, in my pregnancies, I made a conscious decision not to watch uh, I don't even know if one every minute or a baby story or any of those are, mm-hmm. but they're, they're very fear-based mm-hmm. and there's just so much scary stuff out there in the media mm-hmm. um, to just be able to turn that off and be just with a group of women face to face. Well, and it goes even deeper than that because in it, unlike traditional childbirth education classes, we do not talk about 
dilation or cervix or womb or none of that comes up. Mm -hmm. It's all topics, Um, connection, sacred space, fear, forgiveness, honoring, romance. So our topics are totally different than a typical childbirth education class. Yeah. After you take the initial eight class series, there is a four class series you can do later in the pregnancy. And it is, it, it touches a little bit more on that stuff, but still nothing like a traditional childbirth class. So for that reason, I always recommend that these are great classes for second and third time moms. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of on a first baby, you know, you need to take a class and figure out how you're going to get that baby out. Yeah. I really think it's important to know how the female body works. And it'd be kind of embarrassing too, to go in the hospital and be like, uh, they'd be like, okay, so you're four centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, diet, diet, a what? Di- what what's salt? dilated? What's dilation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's exactly. coming out of where? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you have to know that stuff. And I really think it's important for the mother and the father to take those classes together or the partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're on baby number two. Mm, nobody wants to take classes a second time. Maybe they'll take a one-day refresher. Yeah. But they really don't want to sit through classes again. And so, but the women really need other women. They really, really need each other. Um, because our society, as you know, when travel happened back like in the 40s, nobody lives near their families anymore. Very rarely do we have our cousins and our aunts and our grandmas and our moms to sit in circle with, you know. So, and even our communities. I live in a great, great neighborhood of an Encinitas, California. But we don't sit in circle. You know, I mean, we're there for each other. We'll help each other. But it's not the same as it used to be. So you have to create these circles. And when you're with other women who are in the same position that you are, meaning pregnant, expecting a baby, probably a second or third baby, um, there's just a lot to be gleaned from other women. Mm -hmm. It's very, I can't underestimate the value that you get from other people. So I don't even say I teach these classes. Mm -hmm. I just facilitate. Uh, The women come. This is our speaking. I'm holding a speaking doll. You have a speaking doll. And when you speak, when you're done, you pass it and you say, you know, I'm Linda. I've spoken. And the person that receives it says, you has to say, you know, you have been heard. So nobody's interrupting you. You really get a chance to talk. And the classes are two hours long. But frankly... (laughs) (laughs) They could be five hours long. Well, they have to get back to their toddler most of the time. Yeah. So we do have to have an end, but it's hard sometimes. And I don't like cutting people off. But there is a sisterhood that happens um, over and over again, which is is a bond that is usually not broken after the babies arrive. Mm -hmm. It's usually you create this bond with these people. And another unique thing for sacred pregnancy, a couple of things. One is that it doesn't matter how far along you are. You can, you can have a gal six weeks along and 36 weeks along in the same class. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be a certain amount of the way gestating. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because women can gain, you know, things from other people. You can celebrate if somebody goes off to have their baby and then they come back with the baby. And so Has I've, that ever happened in a, a, one that you facilitated where they didn't make it all the way through because they joined kind of later? Well, our friend Miss Cherry. Ah. Just, yeah, she was in the circles and oh, okay. she just... She baby. just had her baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had her baby 4-4. Four, 4-4-14. Four. Four, four, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that definitely happens. But that's okay. And you don't... Ha- because we're not covering a curriculum exactly, it's okay if you don't make it through all the classes. I mean, it's better if you do because we cover amazing topics. But if you don't, it's not like, oh, no, now I'm never going to know how to nurse my baby or, yeah. you know, like in other classes. We didn't get to the breastfeeding right. portion. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's really nice. But I think um, another big thing that separates it from the other childbirth classes, in addition to it just being for women, and you can come at any point in your station, um, is that a lot of um, childbirth techniques, which I'm a fan of all of them, 
um, they kind of tote labor and birth as rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And sacred pregnancy really promotes pregnancy as a rite of passage. So we're celebrating the rite of passage of pregnancy together instead of just waiting for the, the day that that's all going to go down. Yeah. So I, I don't see that in other techniques so much. Mm-hmm. We are really honoring the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. How big are the classes? I mean, can you have uh, up to like 20 women or something like that? Or do you try and keep it to a certain size? It would be a great problem to have 20 women that I would have to turn away. (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, I think optimally about group dynamics says anywhere from 6 to 12. But I can't even imagine 12. Honestly, I feel more comfortable with about 5 to Mm 8. Because otherwise, you're not going to get your... It's going to be too tight. I mean, you'd really have to expand the classes. Because when you have the talking stick... um, Oh, this, doll or... Yeah, you know, your talking you doll, yeah. yeah. Um, really, w- women really do want to talk when they have a sacred, safe space to do it. Yeah. And so when they start talking, it can be for 10 minutes. And if you've got eight women, well, that's 80 minutes right there. We haven't even done the art projects or we haven't done the, you know, the other things that we're going to do in the class. Yeah. So I, I, I think five to eight is really good. Mm-hmm. That'd be my preference. Yeah. Samantha, did you take any uh, kind of childbirth education, you and you and Kyle? So, you know, I took the one that where I was going to be delivering. It mm-hmm. was Palomar Hospital, and they were like, I was like, all right, they're teaching a class there. Guess that's the one I'm going to take. I mean, I was I was 20 when I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took the same approach to everything. Like, they're all kind of the same, so just take it. And, you know, the teacher was great. She was really friendly. She was really nice. And it taught me what I needed to know. Yeah. Um, but it was, again, it, it didn't. It didn't honor the sacredness of pregnancy. It was, you didn't start the class until you were like 32 weeks pregnant. Yeah, I took a hospital childbirth class. I took the one that was the shortest. <laughs> you know, like, like the weekend. I took like the weekend cram course. Yeah, I wrote a blog about it on Preggy Pals. It's kind of embarrassing to read now and be like, uh, but you know, how far how far you come? You, you don't know what you don't know a lot. So that's that's so interesting that, you know, sacred pregnancy is more of a focus, sounds like, on the um, second, third, fourth well, you the know, journey the of the moms. pregnancy. So mm-hmm. most most women, they have two, maybe three kids. Mm-hmm. And so after you, I think most of us, I'll include myself, you make your mistakes on the first pregnancy <laughs> and labor and birth a lot. Yeah. And then you get to learn on your second. So there's a lot of women on the second and third that are just craving everything they can get from this experience because the pregnancy is a rite of passage and it might be the last one. Yeah. Um, and so they... They really want to, if you ask most women, was your pregnancy experience as rich as it could have been? Most women are going to say no. You know, and how could it have been richer? Well, connecting with other people. I mean, that's the answer for everything in life. How can it be richer? Mm -hmm. By having a sincere, authentic connection with other people, especially ones going through the same ones. And a lot of the women that are in the sacred pregnancy circles, they're working through the first birth still, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're still, oh, here's what I did. Oh, I can't believe I didn't take a longer course that taught me more. Or, you know, I can't believe I didn't have my husband rub my feet every night. Or I really wished I would have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, um. Um, those things are being processed yeah. in sacred pregnancy circles a lot. As someone who suffered with some birth trauma and a really unfortunate, unexpected birth experience, I would, if I ever decided to take a second or third class, it sounds like that would be really interesting to be able to have some kind of almost like a therapy included inside of it. 
Yeah. And one of the classes, they're all, I mean, the topics are all super important, but I think one that you would probably resonate with would be, um, well, there's a fear and there's a forgiveness. So on a first baby, the fear is usually fear of the the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. And on the second baby, it's fear of the known. Right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. so, but on the forgiveness class, you know, that is forgiving past hurts, but a lot of the forgiveness that comes up is forgiving oneself, forgiving myself for not being good enough or not doing well enough or handling that wrong or whatever. And that can be very freeing. And it frees up a lot of emotional space that can be filled with other yummy things that have to do with pregnancy and birth and labor. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 But it's, 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 it's self therapy. It's not, again, I'm not teaching anything. Yeah. The pregnant women are not lying on a couch on their left side. Right. At a 45 degree angle <laughs> with their feet on a poof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not That's like everybody's that learning from each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and wonderful. You, when you have that safe space to cry and release and say what your heart feels, it can be very freeing. Great. Well, when we come back, we're going to be discussing what you're actually doing during your sacred pregnancy circles. Welcome back. Today we're talking about sacred pregnancy childbirth classes. Linda Goldsmith is our expert. Now, Linda, you have all these cool things here at the table, and uh, obviously this is an audio podcast, so we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you've brought with you today. Now, at a uh, doula circle recently, uh, we did a candle collage. Mm-hmm. Now, what What's the significance of doing a candle collage? So the first class of um, sacred pregnancy has to do with creating sacred space. And the purpose of sacred space is to really understand and honor the fact that what you're doing, growing a child, is the most important thing on the planet. If there's no people, there nothing else matters, right? So growing a human being is really important. Um, in one of my circles right now, there's a surrogate. So it's not even her child she's growing, but she's growing a child, right? Um, so what you have to do is you have to set up a place in your home where every day you check in. It's a visual reminder to check in, sit down, connect with a baby, take a moment, And remember, I am divine. What I'm doing is vastly important, way more important than anything I did at work today. And so what we do is in the first class, we do the the altar candle Mm -hmm. and it's a collage and it's things that are important to her that she puts on it. And then you take the altar candle home and you create your sacred space and it's impetus to create a sacred space. So the candle in in and of itself has meaning, but it's really the impetus to create space in your home. And uh, I'm a big fan of creating just a little shelf by the side of your bed with your candle and a couple other, you know, tchotchkes up there, especially maybe a statue of a pregnant woman. Um, Because you have to sit down in your bed before you lay down in your bed. So if you just sit down in your bed and you're facing your altar, you will take a couple minutes to connect every day. And so that's the... um, that's the purpose behind the candle is yeah. to, to create sacred space so that every day you have connection with your baby. That's beautiful, especially when you already have a baby that's probably a toddler. Right. Uh, it's hard. You're not wiped to, out. Yeah. Yeah. So that the, the altar really does help women to just pause every day, even if it's for 30 seconds. Pause. Touch your belly. Say hi to your baby. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do women normally journal as part of this class? Is that another part of it that they do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, daily journaling is encouraged. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it happens once a week, that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, journaling, it's self-discovery, self-growth, self-forgiveness. 
Um, so there's a lot of that goes that goes on in the journaling, and you don't share the journaling unless you want to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely, journaling. Not with other women in the class, not with partner, not with anybody. No, it's you just can you. Oh, if okay. you want to. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that's not Required. A, a part of it. Yeah, yeah. We don't say. So what'd you write in your diary? Now you know? Susie's going to read on page <laughs> five of her journal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. Those are those are private thoughts. But wonderful topics are brought up, and you know discussed with the group, and you may have obviously further reflection on it or as the week goes by so like the week that we talk about um food and body image that sounds like my kind of topic yes. right yeah. there yeah it's, it's i'm all a, about the food it, but <laughs> it's a very emotional topic mm-hmm. and uh one of the things that we do that i love so much is you go around the room and you share your favorite food memory and most of the time they're from our childhood it's something, and it doesn't even have to be significant. It's not like somebody made a two-day meal and unveiled it. Very rarely is it Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's yeah. not. It's something that somebody did. Oh, my grandmother used to pour me the bowl of shredded oats, and I really liked it because we sat and talked, and we got the cow from the milk or, or the milk from the cow or whatever. You yeah. Know? Um, so it's so I really like that. And then you move into body image and issues, and that's when the conversations really start rolling. Women have a lot of energy mm-hmm. around food and body image and then when you're pregnant obviously that's not um an overweight body but then there's crossovers all the time for a lot of people in society um well it's hard it's hard here in the united states where uh it almost seems to be skinny equals value yeah totally uh and so then you're in pregnancy you're not supposed to be skinny right so what is the value of that? Well, and a lot of women have shared with me um, in the circles that they love their pregnant body more than they love their non-pregnant body. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel really proud of it. So they're in a moment where they can be co- really kind to themselves. That's awesome. Authentically. But the, the trick is, okay, but after you have the baby, we still honor that body. We mm-hmm. still value that body for what it provided for you. Yeah. And grew that baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned with uh, a lot of art projects, how mm-hmm. do you incorporate paintings and art into your classes? Oh my gosh, it's so fun. It's my favorite part. Um, so we do many different things. Um, in one of the classes, you draw a Mother Wisdom card. And uh, these are just, you know, day to day. So you're not saying like draw notes. like I'm drawing with a crayon. I'm you, sorry. You, you, draw you... from a deck of cards. Got it. Okay. A Mother Wisdom deck card. Mm-hmm. And then that card. Uh, and the message that you picked for yourself, you incorporate that, uh, y- what you're feeling about your pregnancy and that card, and then you draw from there. So what would be an example of a type of card that you could draw then? Oh, there's so many wonderful cards. Let me hear, let me pull the book out so I can give you a good example. There's four different categories. So there's natural mother, animal mother, ancestral mother, and divine mother. And if you draw, say, Mary, unconditional love, and the shadow is judgment and then it goes into a big explanation of it all and you just sort of incorporate that into a painting so you're given an image if people are visual you're given a word and then from there you self-express you know i think that's so interesting you were mentioning about uh, the fears and forgiveness and i mean what are what are the common fears that women do come to these circles with uh you mentioned these are second time moms so it's known fears so like what what type of topics are normally brought up um, what are, what are the well, common things that women are fearing? I think the most common thing is, you know, birth is an ancient mystery and she alone holds the key to unlocking her birth. But there's a little bit of fear and I don't know if I'm going to be able to solve this or unlock this mystery, which of course we all do. Mm-hmm. 
But um, I think there's some fear around that. There's definitely, well, fear is uh, not only something we feel, but something that's put upon us all the time by medical establishment of birth. So it's combating that. Sometimes it's just batting fears down Mm -hmm. constantly and getting reassurance that I do feel like it's safe to have a water birth. And here's the reasons why. I do think it's safe to have a VBAC birth. And here's the reasons why I'm a good candidate. You know, so a lot of the fears that come up, I don't think we would have if the medical establishment wasn't pushing a lot of fears on us. Um, And then fear that, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to have two kids and still have a romantic relationship with my husband? Um, We're already fighting now about finances and one baby. How are we going to do this with two, you know? Um, And how are the decisions I'm making, am I making them out of fear or am I making them out of finances? And how do I wade through all that? right? Maybe somebody's really wanting a home birth, but they're not contemplating the fact that the money is just something you have to prioritize. Um, if you want a home birth, they're $4,000. That's kind of the end of the conversation. We can sit there and talk about, well, could we do trading? Could we do this? Could we do that? Well, prioritize it. How much does your purse cost? How much does your lunch cost? I mean, you can decide what you want to spend your money on. Um, so fear about, am I making good decisions, really, you know, based on what I want? Or am I letting sort of society um, scare me too much Mm -hmm. to making decisions that aren't good for me and my baby, especially because this might be my last pregnancy? Yeah. Well, and my midwife always says that uh, a big part of birth itself before you go for kind of from being pregnant to having a baby in your arms is surrender. Yeah. So I think that in itself is also uh, can induce some fear. Yeah. As well, of like, I, I want to control this. I want it to be better than the last birth, especially we're talking second, third time moms. Mm-hmm. But so how do you get what you want mm-hmm. while surrendering? That's very scary. Oh, talk, we talked a lot about fear. So how do you incorporate the forgiveness theme into your classes? Well, there's one class in particular that covers, um, did you say forgiveness or fears? Uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of different things we can do little ceremonies and rituals we can do for fear release. Um, We all do them every day. Maybe we take a couple deep breaths. Um, But there's, I, again, with the art and stuff, there's a lot of things that we do over and over again that I really like. So one is the spirit stick. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Another one is um, self-expression. And we talked about that. Just if you actually face your fear and talk about it, a lot of times that's enough. You, if you just, I'm a big fan of the more I know, the less I fear. I'm not ignorance is bliss. I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know. I want to look at it. I want to feel uncomfortable. And then I want to put it all back in a box. And then I want to put it over there. But at least I went through it. So if I have to go through it again, I feel like it's not my first time visiting it. So mm-hmm. it's not as scary. Um, so there's self-expression. which can be very helpful. Um, also, a lot, a very common thing is to write your fears down. And then we take a community bowl and we all burn our fears. And we release them to the heavens because they're not working for us anymore. They don't serve me anymore, and I'd like to, to release them. Mm-hmm. Another way we can do that is uh, same thing, picking up a stone, holding onto it, putting your fear into it, and then tossing into the ocean, tossing it into a pond or a lake, tossing it just across the meadow, but turning around and walking away from it. You don't need that fear anymore. You've released it. Well, thanks, Linda, for joining us today. For more information on Linda and her sacred pregnancy classes, as well as information about any of our panelists, 
visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Linda will be discussing the significance of a salt bowl ceremony and how it is created. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Durbin, the author of Pregnancy Tips for the Clueless Chick and the mother of two wonderful little boys. I'd love to share with you my tips for pampering yourself during your pregnancy. While you're busy preparing for the arrival of your little one and all the craziness that will come with parenthood, don't forget to take care of yourself and your partner. Having a baby is one of the most wonderful and difficult things in the world, and every mother will tell you that a baby instantly becomes your number one priority. But for the sake of the baby and your sanity, don't forget to take care of yourself. Whether you plan to get a prenatal massage, spend a day at the spa with a girlfriend, or even take a day off of work to do a whole lot of nothing, it's important to schedule some time for yourself before things get crazy. You may want to plan a fun pre-baby girls' night out or a date night where you're not allowed to talk about the baby. Both are fun ways to celebrate you. It's also fun to step outside of your box if you're in a funk and wear something super trendy that you might not normally wear. If you've been cleared to exercise during your pregnancy, find a local prenatal yoga or aqua aerobics class. This is not only a great way to exercise, but also the perfect way to meet other pregnant women. And finally, my favorite pamper yourself tip, make a list of all the pregnancy don'ts that you've been dying to do, like eating sushi or having a glass of wine. Then you can look forward to checking everything off of your list after the baby's born. While you're planning for some much-needed pampering, don't forget that your partner is on this wild ride with you. While you're the one with all of the aches and pains who cannot tie her own shoes, your partner has been there to listen to all of your woes and be a shoulder for you to cry on when your hormones are raging. Remember that time you spilled grape juice on your brand new top and cried for two hours straight? So look for a special way that you can surprise him with his favorite dinner or a night out with the boys. For more great tips, visit CluelessChick.com. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks, for parents of multiples, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we'll be continuing our series on hiring your care provider. Marla Hicks, a licensed midwife, will be on the show talking with us about how to hire your midwife. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.